You're listening to Randall Parker's Film Club with me, Randall Parker. On today's podcast, we will be reviewing two films, a classic film called Midnight Cowboy and a listener request called The Parent Trap. We will have a few of your emails, a film face-off, uh, They Did What? and a Randall Recommends. Oh, and I've got some exciting news about something that's going to be happening in the podcast in the next week or so. But more about that a bit later on. I am currently back at Mr White's house, temporary measure just for a couple of days. Mum's been having a bit of trouble settling into life outside of the hospital. But I think that's only to be expected. There are a couple of things she used to enjoy before, but she don't anymore. For instance, she was watching Hounds Under the Hammer, and whenever Martin Roberts came on screen, she kept shouting, Shave your beard off, you scruffy ponce! Then she passed comment on Dion Dublin, saying he was as shit at presenting as he was playing football for Villa. And I can't even repeat what she said about David Dickinson when Real Deal came on. Nothing had shifted mood. I even did her a favourite tea, you know, potato waffle butties. But she didn't touch them. I'd burnt the fuckers to a crisp just how she loves them, but now it was helping. She was given some tablets to take when she came home from hospital, but it's nearly impossible to get her to take them. So what I do is, when she's asleep in the chair with her mouth open, I've been dropping a few in at a time. The trick is to flick them right to the back of her throat, not to bounce them off a clack. Thursday, Mr White popped round and told Mum that he'd booked a mini break for him and her. That perked her up a bit. Must have been a right cheapo deal, as when I was going through his jacket pocket, I found a booking confirmation and it was just the one room. I hope he's not going to make Mum sleep on the floor, not with her back. Anyway, they went on Friday and, as you know, Mum won't leave me in the house on my own for too long. So I had to up sticks and doss down here again. Mr White did turn the gas off at the meter, just in case, he said. But I've got the run of the place, treating myself to a takeaway from the Brown Dragon, used that £5 off voucher I'd got, and Friday night, being as Mum and Mr White weren't here, I stopped up till gone quarter past ten. Donna from next door popped round yesterday to check I was doing okay. That was nice of her, wasn't it? Uh, she brought Jackson and John Wick with her and she offered to do a bit of tidying up, which I thought was really nice of her. Then she asked to borrow 40 quid for Jackson's medicine. Funny thing is, though, since she did that tidy up, I can't find a few things, like that packet of bacon from the fridge, a pint of milk, a couple of tins of beans, the microwave and Mr White's iPad, but I'm sure they'll turn up somewhere. <coughs> Right, on to emails. I've got a couple of normal ones for you and I've got a bit of exciting news about something coming up in a future episode. Dead exciting. So our first email goes, Dear Randall, most films these days are left open-ended, so if it's a success they can build a franchise and bang out sequel after sequel after sequel. If you could make a sequel to any film that hasn't got one, what would it be and why? Keep up the good work, Susie Jackson. It's a good question, that's Susie. Now, a film I did enjoy and would love a sequel to is the Pixar family favourite, Up. Now, if you don't know what Up is, it's a film about an old man who decides that instead of letting someone knock his house down, he floats it off with a load of balloons and he kidnaps a fat kid so the police don't just pop all of his balloons. My sequel would focus on the grumpy old bloke and follow him in his declining years, documenting his failing health and subsequent death, and I'd call it Down, because that's where he's going, because let's face it, he was no saint, was he? Next email. Hi Randall, as a devout lesbian, I like to take a loaf of bread with me to the cinema and just chow down. This past week I was accosted by a steward telling me that unbuttered bread was not a certified cinema snack and I was ejected from a family showing of The Croods 2. 
as an avid film fan and sporadic cinema goer, I ask which cinema foods are considered taboo and will lesbians ever be safe? Kind regards, Rosa Parks. Wow, a lot to unpack in that email. Now our Rosa doesn't actually say which cinema this is, which is slightly annoying as I was going to name and shame and for you. Loaf of bread. You know, I've never considered taking one of them to the cinema. To me though, it is the perfect cinema snack. Regular listeners will probably know of my love of a couple of rounds of bread with every meal. It's filling, tasty and don't make too much of a sound. Unlike a big bag of crisps. I think you should have been encouraged. To me, you're a trailblazer, Rosa. I did ask Kung Fu Dan if there's a food code of conduct at the cinema and he said that cinemas only allow snacks and as you took bread, it could be construed as a meal. I said to Dan that the Wessler's hot dogs that they serve in the cinema have a bread bun, but he just told me to fuck off. So on this basis, I think it's things that you would class as a meal or a no-no. So, pies, soup, chippy chips are a no. Crisps, nuts and chocolates are a yes. As for the lesbian question, I don't think that's got anything to do with it, love, and it might just be that you've got a bit of a chip on your shoulder. But anyone, no matter what hole they like it stuck in, should be allowed to enjoy a crusty loaf whilst enjoying the finest films on offer at the local cinema. Now, I had a bit of a special email this week and it's a bit of a game changer, so I'd like to read this to you. Dear Mr Parker, Recently your podcast has been brought to our attention and your frequent mentioning of Ms Cynthia Rothrock and her vast body of work. Our company represents Ms Cynthia Rothrock and we would like to offer you the chance to interview the lady herself when she visits London in a few weeks' time. As you may or may not know, Ms Rothrock will be appearing at the World of Kung Fu exhibition at Earl's Court in mid-October. Ms Rothrock will be available between 11am and 1pm on Sunday the 3rd of October and we'll be pleased to answer any of your questions and appear on your podcast. We look forward to... Anyway, it goes on and on and gives me the address and everything and it's signed by Chip Shelby, Ms Rothrock's personal assistant. That's fucking amazing news, isn't it? When I got this email, I have to admit, I did cry a bit. I'm so buzzed. Uh, it's something I've always dreamed of, meeting one of my heroes. This sort of thing will catapult this podcast into the big leagues. Anyways, I've started to compile my questions and I'll record the interview and it should be ready for not next week's podcast, but the following weeks. So keep your ear out for that. Great stuff. Randall Parker's Film Fact Fast and Furious star Vin Diesel has it written into his contract that no one else in the franchise can wear a tight white t-shirt as they make his muscles look massive and no one else is allowed to have bigger muscles than he's got. Randall Parker's Film Fact I've already booked me train. It's all very exciting, isn't it? Right, so on to our classic film review this week, and it's one from 1969, directed by a bloke called John Schlesinger, and it's called Midnight Cowboy. Now this stars John Voight and Dustin Hoffman, who I think is Dustin Hoffman's seaman's dad, you know, the tubby blonde bloke who died from the drugs. Anyway, John Voight plays a simple bloke called Joe, who dresses up like a cowboy, and decides to go on a big shagging holiday to New York, where he's going to shag a load of women, and they're going to give him money for it. Good luck with that. Now, he arrives in New York and settles into his hotel, then goes around asking ladies, have you seen the Statue of Liberty? I didn't get that bit. I think it must have been code for shagging or something. 
Well, it seems to do the trick and he pulls some woman and they have it off and then he asks her for cash and she goes fucking mental and he ends up giving her a few quid. Anyways, after this, he ends up in this pub and he's sat next to Dustin Hoffman, who in this is called Ratso. And Joe asks him, what's the best way to make money out of having it off? Ratso says, give me 20 quids and I'll introduce you to a bloke who'll sort it all out for you. So, 20 quid changes hands and Ratso takes him to see this bloke and it turns out the bloke's a nutter and not a bloke who sorts out shagging. Anyway, Ratso fucks off and Joe can't find him anywhere and he ultimately runs out of cash and he's kicked out of his hotel. Then he decides to make a few quid by getting sucked off by a budget range version of Alan Carr, but gets ripped off. Next day he's walking about and he spots Ratso in a calf and he goes in and threatens to kick his fucking teeth out. But Ratso says to him, tell you what youth, why don't you stop at my gaff? Well, they turn up and it's a fucking shithole. But on the whole, they get along. Ratso tries his best to be Joe's sort of sex manager and get him up to the nuts in as many women as he can find. Which is basically none. All through this, Ratso keeps going on about Miami. Like it's the magical land of Oz from the Wizard of Oz. Anyway, winter comes and Ratso keeps getting ill and he can't stop sweating. I haven't seen anyone sweat that much since I trapped large Lionel's arm in that hydraulic vice at work a few years ago. One day they're having a bit of snapping at a calf when some bird comes up to them and says, come to this party. So they go to a party and some mad lady there says, I'll give you 20 quid if you do a shag at me. And I'll bung you an extra couple of quid if you make Ratso rolls down the stairs, which he does. Anyway, Joe gives her a right good fucking and she coughs up the cash. But Ratso is poorly when he gets back and needs to go to Miami to get better. But they need a lot more money. So Joe goes off to try and get bummed for cash, but instead he just beats up a bloke and steals his wallet. They get on the bus and head off to Miami, but on the way Ratso dies from pissing his pants. And that's sort of where the film ends. Now I quite enjoyed this film, but it is quite dark. You'd think that doing shags for a living would be a lot more fun than this film suggests. And also, if you're going around trying to do shags at women, I suggest you don't cart around a little smelly man with a limp, as this is a surefire way of putting off potential clients. Ratings-wise, I thoroughly enjoyed this film and it gripped me all the way through, so for that reason, I'm going to put this on a par with Hotel Transylvania 3, Summer Vacation. That was Midnight Cowboy. Watch that if you want to see Angelina Jolie's dad rolling around on a bed with a Scrabble set stuck to his arse. Now a shout out to everyone down at White and Bailey Fabrication, where I work, well when I'm not on furlough, and especially to Mardass Greg. We call him Mardass Greg because I once used his mug for a brew and he hit the roof. Right funny fella. Anyway, Greg's recovering from a triple heart bypass. I'm surprised he found one to be honest. But Greg, for every meal, used to have sausage egg chips and beans, two bread and butter and a mug of tea. In fact, he had it so often the local calf does a meal deal and they call it a Greg special, £4.50 a bargain. I was talking to his daughter down the precinct and he seems to be doing okay. One thing I didn't know is that he used to be really good at doing card tricks. Well, that was until he was accused of cheating in a poker game by Clawhammer Peter the Dog and Partridge. Randall Parker's Film Face-Off Right, onto the section of the podcast which takes two films with a similar theme and compares them to see which one is the best and which one you should watch. Now both our films this week, when they were made, were using cutting-edge technology to bring the stories to life and both have themes of prejudice running throughout them. That's right, today's film face-off is between iRobot and Who Framed Roger Rabbit. 
Now both films are set in versions of our universe where humans and non-humans coexist. Both have cases being investigated by a detective who, for various reasons, are prejudiced against the non-humans. Both detectives then change their opinions of the non-human suspect and then they team up to prove their innocence. They also spend most of the films chasing a baddie only to find out the baddie is actually one of their own kind who is fucking the shit up. Ultimately, both films end up with a baddie being thwarted and everybody loving everybody in some sort of hippie bullshit sort of way that only exists in films. But for me, a film with a cartoon lady with unfeasibly large busters is something I just can't ignore. And that's the reason why the winner of this film face-off is Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Randall Parker's Film Face-Off Now, the latest rumour down the chip shop is that local girl, Dirty Janet, has now succeeded in taking over Dealer Day's 24-hour party services. What with him being banged up for the whole torso-in-a-bag situation. Now, our Janet says this is going to bring everything you'd need for a good party together in one package. And she says you can get smack, slap and tickle, all with just one phone call. But this is just word of mouth from Tommy Slippers, who was recently cautioned by the local constabulary for tugging one off at the passing traffic from the pedestrian bridge over the ring road. So I'd take anything he says with a pinch of salt. They did what? Now, onto they did what? Oh, look at things that happened in films in the olden days that now look either racist, sexist or downright pervy. This week's film is from 1982 and it's called Zapped and it stars heartthrob of the time Scott Bio. He was sort of like the Zac Efron of his day but slightly shitter. So Zapped is about a lad who's at high school and he has an accident in the school lab and develops telekinetic powers. And he does what any teenage boy with those sort of powers would do. He spends most of the film lifting up girls' skirts and trying to pop his tip in. He's sort of like Matilda but with a stiffy and I'm pretty sure if this film was made today, the lad would end up on some sort of register. I think you can find the trailer for this on YouTube, just to see how bad it is for yourself, and if I can find it, I'll pop a link in the podcast description. They did what? Do you know, I did a piss this morning. Smelt like smoky bacon crisps. That can't be good, can it? Randall's Requests. Right, so on to Randall's requests, a section of the podcast that's become very, very popular, almost as popular as the time Anthea Turner made a model of Spike Island on Blue Peter. Now, today's film has been requested by a chap from Stratford called Isaac, and the film is directed by a lady called Nancy Myers. Ding dong. Lady director. Well done, It's from 1998 and it's called The Parent Trap. So, Isaac Hunt, this one's for you. Right, as the credits start on this film, we see a man and a woman getting married on a big boat. Then a sign comes up that says, 11 years later, and we're at one of those summer camps that only seem to exist in American films. We never had them over here when I was a kid, I can tell you that. You just spend the six weeks holiday watching crap on the telly in the morning, then the afternoon chasing Donny Tucker around a field with some dog shit on the end of a stick. But I'm running away with myself there. Anyway, basically, it boils down to there's these two girls who have gone to summer camp, one from California and the other from England, and they look exactly like each other. Anyway, they don't get on and get in trouble for fighting, and they're made to go into isolation from the rest of the camp. And after a while, they begin to get along and discover that they're actually twins, and their mum and dad split them up when they were born. One went off with mum, and the other went off with dad. Now just think about that for a moment. They split the twins up. What a couple of bastards. Worse than that, they're a right couple of c**ts. 
Now, I don't say that word very often, but they got right up my nose. Yeah, a right royal pair of Anyway, back to the film, right? Uh, one of them, who is with the dad, now wants to know what the mum's like, and the one who's with the mum wants to know what the dad's like. So they swap places and decide to try to get mum and dad back together. Why they'd want to, I don't know. I'd rather be adopted by Fred and Rose West. Anyways, they get back to mum and dad, and all goes well until dad tells one of the twins he's getting married. So the twins' whole plan sort of goes to fuck. Anyway, they decide to come clean and tell everyone that they'd swap places, and they all meet up at some sort of hotel. By this point, I'd gone fucking mad and hoped that social services would turn up at some point. I did try to stop watching, but I thought I owed it to Isaac to keep on going, and Christ, it was shit. It basically all turns out all right, and Mum and Dad got remarried, and even the butler and maid started fucking. Some people would have called this a happy ending, but for me, a happy ending would have been all the adults being charged with child cruelty. I would love to have seen how these little fuckers would have coped with being bunged in a care home. Nancy Myers... Hang your head in shame. Tell you what, I'd pay good money not to watch another one of her films. I'll say this though, the two kids who acted in this were quite good. Must have taken them ages to find a set of twins that could act that well. Ratings wise, I'm going to have to put this on a par with something like vomiting blood. That was a parent trap. Watch that if you're contemplating ending your life and just need that final motivational push. Randall's requests. Never realised my listeners had such bad taste in films. Randall recommends. Sticking with the two twins who've never met each other theme, today's Randall's Recommends is a film from 1991 called Double Impact. Now this stars the muscles from Brussels, Jean-Claude Van Damme, as a pair of twins who have never met one another until one of them finds out that they were separated at birth after the death of their parents and tracks his brother down. Oh, and it just so happens they're both shit out of kung fu and they run around the place kicking fuck out of a bunch of nasty shits who killed their mum and dad. It's amazing stuff, so what are you waiting for? Get it watched. Randall recommends. As always, thank you so much for listening. I'm still on cloud nine about the email from Cynthia Rothrocks people. Don't know about you, but I can't fucking wait for that interview. As always, you can email the podcast. The email address is randallparker1971 at gmail.com. Get in touch with your questions, suggestions for reviews, or just to say hi. I really, really would like to hear from you. Catch you next time. Ta-da for a bit.